Chisholm. I'm just 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 Chisholm. Yeah, ciao, Fudgepackers. Welcome to Pure Boys Podcast. I'm Adam and Chiz. And I'm Steve Creep, uh, always with you here to talk about another movie that I probably didn't like. Oh, well, that's because this week we're talking about 2009's Angels and Demons. Ooh, spooky. Jism everywhere. <laughs> that is the tagline for this movie. Jism everywhere. Well, where there's ghosts or priests, there's jism, and everybody knows mm-hmm. that. Or people lost in the woods, of course. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Lost in the woods. <laughs> the w- by the woods, you mean like life and. Of course. Yeah. I mean the Vatican. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad this movie has the Vatican. Fully featured. Oh, yeah. Fully recreated in CGI. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way they filmed there. There's not a chance they filmed in the Vatican. No. Impressive shots. And this movie must have cost like a billion dollars or something. Oh, yeah. But uh, God's not letting you into his secret hided hole. (laughs) Uh, Well, no. Entry was denied to the churches of Santa Maria del Popolo and Santa Maria della Vittoria. So... <laughs> Sorry, they didn't film it in the Vatican. Whoops. Yeah, they they did go to the Vatican, took a bunch of sneaky photos mm. for their creepy little hands, <laughs> and uh, yeah, recreated all of this uh, in sets and CGI, probably mostly CGI. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially at the end when they're walking through that enormous cathedral, and it's just clearly a CGI background. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. That's there's like this. This room is 400 feet tall and 10 football fields long. Well, they didn't build that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Do you think oh. aspiring priests watch this? Like priests that want to become cardinals and maybe the pope someday. <laughs> uh, just put this on silent because you don't want to hear the actual like negative aspects of the church. But put this on silent and just like stew in the beauty of the vatican i think so yeah i mean i certainly put this movie on mute and uh watched most of it without the sound on because of course the version i watched did not have subtitles and not as not as much non-english in this movie as uh the da vinci code but uh still enough that i was like i don't know what's going on (laughs) at least at the start i don't know what's happening it's not as bad, and there are actually some scenes where you're not privy to uh, the oh. uh, subtitles. Oh. So Santa Maria. Um, I say you won. I think I did, yeah. Well, hey, uh, speaking of winning, we need to do the Pure Boys Prayer. God, God bless, bless our podcast, please. God bless all podcasts, please. We, we love, love you, please. please. Amen. Amen. Or a woman. There's a please line in this movie, and I can't seem to find it. Oh, yeah. It says, do you believe in God, please? (laughs) And Tom Hanks, of course, goes, well, faith is a gift, and I haven't received it yet, please. (laughs) 
I just need more pleas in these uh, religious movies because I think it fits what the Christianity uh, church, Christian church is trying to impart. Oh, yeah. You know what else uh, just really sums up the Christian church? Uh, the Pope parachuting out of a helicopter. But we'll get to all of that, of course. Well, I'll assume to be Pope. Well, or so he thinks. <laughs> We should just end the episode. <laughs> oh, Obviously oh, oh. not. We have too many things to talk about. Too many uh, Illuminatis to discuss. Oh, throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. Did they play that song during the uh, huge uh, climactic scene? Because they should have. I think so, yeah. But they played yeah. the like Diamonds Are From Sierra Leone version that's all about blood diamonds and not about like The Rock. I love a good blood diamond story. There's oh. so much uh, angst. Hey, instead of doing Inferno next week, why don't we just watch Blood Diamond? Uh, well, we could, but I really need to see Inferno. That's true. I I am dreading the thought of Inferno being a prequel. I don't know if it is or not, and don't tell me. No spoilers. We'll find out next week. But I feel like the book or the book that it's based on is at least a prequel. And I'm like, I don't want a trilogy that's two movies and a prequel. That's a, that's a dog shit trilogy. Sorry, everyone. Well, I think it is, but it also isn't. Oh. And that's all I'll say. Oh, well. Hey, uh, we got some segments we got to get to. Segments, segments, segments. Yeah. And we're going to start off with, of course, other than do you believe in God, the most important question that we could ask, and that is, of course, Steve Creep, Hoomst was the bagger Vance of the Da Vinci Code. Well, this movie had everything. It had uh, the divine. It had the fallen. It had the Louvre. <laughs> and of course, I'm picking the Louvre. Of course. Why is yeah, that? It's the biggest building that we saw in the movie. Uh, probably not, uh, but it's got a lot of glass, and the glass lets you see through to God's soul. Now, Adam, whom do you think was the beggar pants of the Da Vinci Code? Well, Steve Creep, thank you so much for asking. Uh, to me, the beggar pants of the Da Vinci Code was, of course, Tom Hanks's wig, because that thing was on fleek the entire movie and got bigger and wilder and crazier as the movie went on, and I appreciated that. <laughs> this movie, his hair is, like, way less radical, and I, I didn't like the look of him because of that. I think they should have gone with a bigger like lines mane, like, made it more quaffed and yeah. bigger, faster, stronger. They should have just given him an afro wig. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, like strong, sleeky, greased hair. Exactly, yeah. Like, afro in the front, business in the back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's fun. <laughs> that's a, that's definitely a look, for sure. Mm, spicy. Can you, is that, would that even be possible to have, to pick out an afro in the front and then have, like, a mullet in the back? I think that would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, and a strong statement for any movie. Any, anything's possible with him. Hey, and anything's possible through God. Thank you. Hey, thank you're you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, well, you're also welcome. <laughs> Great take. Oh, one of our best, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say top two. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to just look up Afro Mullet real quick and see what comes up for that. Eh, it's just a lot of people who have kind of like co-opted the mullet 
design into their afro. Yeah, like shaved it in like a like a trimming bush. Yeah, it's basically like the look Kanye West rocked during his 808s and heartbreaks period. That's like that's an afro mullet essentially. Does it basically have a tail? Uh yeah, it's just like it's like it's like if you had a high and tight afro all the way back and then you just buzz the sides or did a nice fade, we'll say. Oh, okay, that's not what I want. I want like uh, like an old wig version, but like shaved into a uh, uh, bush. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know exactly what you mean. You want people to shave their bush. That's if you take nothing else from this show, shave your bush, ladies and gentlemen. I think I really want to get into like shaved bushes. See what's out there. Yeah, See what people are doing. Sure. Hey, I mean, if you're gonna shave, hey, if you if you got pictures of your shaved bush. Send them to Steve Creep at pureboyspod at gmail.com, uh, of age, of course, uh, and uh, he'll he'll rate them on the next episode or whatever. I don't know what his segment is. He's the creep. I don't know what he wants. Yeah, I'm very creepy, but uh, <laughs> I still would almost like plus 24. Like, of age isn't good enough anymore. I, I need it to be uh, more than that. You know what? 40 plus that's the yeah. rule we're setting if you're 40 plus which according to our, our analytics some of our listeners are not very many but a couple uh yeah you know what well there's do. god he's plus 40 so he listens every week of course yeah he's over the hill for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of creeps with shave bushes we got to get to everyone's favorite segment <laughs> the kevin sorbo tweet of the week Oh boy, I uh, I really uh, shot the pooch on this one. I uh, <laughs> usually get this prepared and have a lot of time to go through a bunch of tweets by Kevin Sorbo. Uh, but this week I didn't do that and I didn't need it because I found a great one right away. Excellent. He pushed this out at 1.08 p.m. Oh. Uh, so right after uh, lunch, I'll forgive him for this one. Uh, children don't need fat removal surgery. They need to lift weights and eat meat. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Spoken like a true alpha. Yeah, this ain't no California, Kevin. He's moved on to Texas, and he loves Whataburger and meat. Oh, yeah. And he wishes they had uh, Wahlburgers there. Yeah, but uh, he's too California to go to Texas. Yeah, he misses it. He, he misses the Wahlburger, so I guess I'll settle for Whataburger. But... Oh, and I was going to leave this reminder for maybe when we weren't recording, but we got to get on Uncle Stu. What's or Uncle Father Stu? Stu? What's Father Stu? What's that? It's with uh, Marky Mark, and he's uh, oh. he becomes a priest. It came out like last year. We've totally forgotten about yep, it. Yep, you're absolutely right. I remember the trailer for that, and I could not believe my eyes when I was watching it. So yes, we will watch that. Father Stu, it's coming to a Pure Flix listener sometime in 2023. I wonder if it's on Pure Flix. Is it a no. Pure Flix original? Oh, okay. No, okay. not even close. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, Kev, I mean, I agree with the first... <laughs> Like, I agree that children probably don't need fat removal surgery. Is that a thing that's happening? I I feel like it's not, and this feels like some false flag, uh, uh, fake news nonsense that Kevin's just spouting to rile up his stupid idiot fans. And uh, I don't think children en masse are getting fat removal surgery, and I think you're a fucking bozo, Kev. 
Yeah, I think the number numbers are definitely against you, Kevin. I bet you one of his kids came up to him and said, I need fat removal surgery, not knowing what it means at all. And right. he just like had to go take a crap and then tweet <laughs> about it. And he was like, look, you got that fat ass from Sam. You didn't get that yeah. from me. You need to lift some weights and eat some meat. Yeah, while the bathroom door is open, he's taking a poop, oh, and yeah. he's yelling at his kid. Uh-huh. His kids are looking at his penis going into the toilet, being like, Dad, we hate that you do this. Like, <laughs> at least hold up a comically oversized newspaper so we yeah. can't see your penis. Please, Dad. We know the tip hits the water. You <laughs> told us all the time. Yeah, the tip and the balls both, re both rest in the water. We get it, Dad. You got a long dinger and loose balls. You're the opposite of Will Smith. We get it. That's what he's going for, so he achieved it, the opposite of Will Smith. I mean, I think he nailed it if that's what his career was, his career goals were, and just his life goals in general, to be the opposite Will the anti-Will Smith. I think he did it. Although Will Smith kind of, like, effed with the dimensions when he slapped somebody on national TV. <laughs> he kind of went closer to Kevin. That's Not true. that Kevin would ever do oh anything. God, I'd just say the world of the universe almost like collided. I, I don't disagree with you. We have to wrap this segment up, please. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my god. That was the closest we've ever came. 15 seconds left. I didn't know what we were going to do. I was panicking. Closest we ever came. I forgot to re-edit that. I'm going to re-edit that to put in a little like Hey, you're getting to the end here, so I don't have to watch the clock. I know what it's going to be, and listeners, it probably won't happen for a while. It's we don't we rarely run up against the end of the clock on on the Kevin Sorbo tweet of the week segment, but uh, this is a good reminder for me to just make it better, and I will. I think twenty seconds, ten seconds, whatever time you see fit mm -hmm. uh, to remind yourself. I think just another Kevin. Would be would be great. No spoilers, but uh, maybe maybe you're close. Oh, you got an idea? Okay, I, I got a little idea. Okay, I got a little okay. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the musical coordinator for this show. I got an idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we got to get into more arguments. That's what sells, man. Oh yeah, or have more sex. Because either way, arguments or sex are the two biggest selling features of any piece of art. Well, maybe during the end uh, music. What do you call that? The end music. The outro. The outro. Musical coordinator. Uh, thank uh, you. We should just like moan sexually <laughs> and maybe argue. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. <laughs> is this good for you? <laughs> That's what our arguments are about, is if this is good for the yeah, other person. Passive aggressive moaning exactly. is a great idea. Oh, are you enjoying this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of turning me on. It's a little different from the regular, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Taboo. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and obviously we'd be saying things like spit in my mouth and stuff like that, right? Cause, you yeah, know. but passive aggressively. Yeah. Uh, listeners, give it a shot with your uh, partner and uh, or yourself. If you're uh, going down on yourself and you do some passive aggressive uh, love talk mm -hmm. and it works, let us know. Only if it works. Hard to do passive-aggressive love talk when your own c*** is in your mouth. But try your best, listeners. And uh, whether it's mumbled or not, you can head to speakpipe.com slash pureboys or pureboyspod. See which one doesn't get you an error message. And then, uh, yeah, send that in to us on SpeakPipe of you dirty talking yourself while essing your own tea. What is sometimes, this show? <laughs> sometimes, uh, you know, a garbled... Uh, uh, blowjob talk is the sexiest thing in the world so I'm sure that'll come through on a voicemail 
I mean, you know, Dane Cook had a great uh, bit about uh, someone not being able to find a handle in a car after doing this, that exact thing. Not exact thing, similar. This or, or that. Yeah, it, that sounds like Dane Cook all the way. No, yeah. Hey, he's a sexual dynamo, as he likes to refer to himself. Yeah, that's cute. Almost got a coffee spit take. Close. Almost got a coffee spit take, but I keep that coffee internally. Mm-hmm. Right out your nose. Hmm. That would hurt. I wouldn't enjoy that. No, that wouldn't be fun. Have you uh, had anything go out your nose recently? Uh, other than boogers and my fingers? No. Piss shit. No, 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 no none <laughs> of that stuff. No, not even air. I'm, no. I breathe out of my mouth because I got a slightly deviated septum and only one no, of my so nostrils works. Yeah. Dude, does everyone just have that? <laughs> like, I think so. I think the slight deviated septum. But they wanted to do surgery on me as a baby. Can they should have. They should have. Yeah, they should They took your foreskin. They might as well fix your nose. They did not take my foreskin, oh. and I'll never let them. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. Uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, you don't have control over everything in your life, but I, I really hope to have my foreskin at the end. Mm, you know what? Me too. I hope you have it at the end as well. For God. Of course. Of course. And then on your deathbed, you call in a moil, they bite it off, you can go to Jewish heaven. Beautiful. Jewish heaven. One of the layers of heaven, as long as I can get in, and if that's the easiest to get in just by, like, snipping my prick, why not? Yeah, well, probably the Catholic one's the easiest, because all you got to do on your deathbed is go, I believe in God, and they go, oh, okay, you're in. Yeah, but say I, like, murder kill somebody, sure. and the Catholics are being dicks oh. about it. Jewish people are like, hey, we'll just snip your penis so you can get right in. <laughs> well, but they're still in out with that. All you got to do to get into Catholic heaven is just go, I'm sorry, I believe in God. And they go, oh, now you're in. Okay. Maybe it's too late at the gates. I don't know. No, no, we'll, no. We'll figure it out. We'll do a we'll do a live podcast at the gates of heaven when we both <laughs> die at the same time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to die like my grandpa, uh fast asleep, not screaming like the people in the back of the car, right? Classic joke. <laughs> Classic. That's honestly one of my dad's favorite jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not bad. It's like not it's bad. not like it's not going to not get a laugh. Like every at least once a year when I'm together with my parents, they they like he'll tell that joke and I'm like, "Yep. <laughs> that's a good one." <laughs> and that's a bingo. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's the free. That's the free. Uh, that's the free square right free in the middle. Space, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you gotta wait for it to happen. Of course, you can't. Te- you can't tick it off before that. I'm sure he said it when we went to the Kennedy Space Center in November. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do it at Kennedy. Oh yeah. Well, he tweaked it to make it a tasteless joke about astronauts dying. But you know what? What can you do? You're at Kennedy. You gotta make a crack about it. And there have been some disastrous, funny uh, deaths in <laughs> yeah. NASA's history. There's, there, so this, I don't know if this is funny, but it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. At the Kennedy Space Center, there is like a, a, a hall of like remembering the fallen astronauts, right? Astronauts who have died. They have a whole area like dedicated to them with like, here's each of them and a bunch of stuff and it's like very reverential and it's a very nice area and you go there and you can look and learn about all these astronauts who were who were killed you know in space flights or because their shuttles exploded yes thank you for your service and uh and there was this kid like a kid who was like 13 like like he was old enough to not be doing this but he was like like kind of running around and he kept like bumping into my wife and then his mom like 
grabbed him and was like 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 whisper yelling at him and just surrounded by all these dead astronauts and it was just this very funny thing where she's like you need to start acting right you can't be doing that this is ridiculous you're taking your and you're gonna act like that it's like lady there's a dead astronaut right now take him out of the <laughs> hall of dead astronauts and yell at him don't yell at him in front of the dead astronauts come on yeah, you're spitting on a bunch of dead astronauts that died for your country. <laughs> yeah, you're spitting on their Boy Scout uniform from when they were 10 years old, because that's a thing that they have in there. Oh, yeah. My, yeah, well, they were Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. so they can be astronauts. Like, my favorite aspect of that area is that they have a bunch of... St- for each dead astronaut, it's like, hey, here's their here's some of their personal belongings. Here's some stuff to represent them. But then there was one that was like, here's a recreation of a book that this guy liked. Like, <laughs> you couldn't get another copy of the book like what do you mean a recreation of just tell us it's the book no one's gonna know any different was it galileo's fifth uh whatever <laughs> no it was the holy bible <laughs> you could just get that at any old motel <laughs> that's exactly what that's exactly where my mind went to they're free yeah. they're all you gotta do is pay for a room and then you get a free bible or the bible costs a hundred dollars i don't know however you want to stack it up yeah they should definitely have coin operated bibles and <laughs> uh that's what i'm here to sell i would i wish i had a bible that was like a teenage girl's diary where you had a little lock on it and you had a little key you had to put in there well that'd be cute <laughs> that's very cute. A very cute little Bible with like a little key. Yeah, yeah that's great. Very kawaii. Just give me a little kawaii Bible. Do you ever think about blowing up your life on something absolutely ridiculous, like selling everything you own to buy a lo- lot of cute little Bibles and becoming a door-to-door <laughs> Bible salesman and just be telling everybody you lost your hat on stupid venture. <laughs> I ruined my life so I could sell Bibles door to door. And guess yeah. what? Nobody's buying. <laughs> <laughs> and now my life is over. Like Bible salesmen, that's the original MLM, right? Where it's like, oh, you have to buy all these Bibles and then you got to sell these Bibles out into the world. That's got to be a scam of some kind. I bought these factories and filled them with Bibles. Here, sell some Bibles. They say it's the best selling book of all time. I don't know. I think that might be Angels and Demons by what the hell is his name? Dan Brown. And I don't know if we mentioned his name last podcast. Danny Brown. The rapper wrote it. That's incredible. Yeah. Danny Brown. He was uh, toothless and afraid when he was a teenager and he wrote these books to, you know, conceptualize religion and life. God, he's a hell of a researcher. That's I'm blown away by that. I, I wouldn't have expected that from uh, a man like Danny Brown. Yeah, but, like, it's not that much research. Like, you could probably read the Vatican newspaper for, like, a week and get everything. It's true, but you got to see which way the angel statue's pointing. So you can go, it's pointing <laughs> east. <laughs> what direction I is that? how this movie gets to this huge culmination of this final church that they have to go to and then like the last clue is just uh statues that are pointing every clue is statues pointing (laughs) every single clue the first one is just an angel pointing and they go oh what i love every time there's an angel pointing tom hanks is like what direction is that thing pointing and people are like i don't know east he's like oh okay get a compass bro. get some friggin get an internal compass figure it out trust your gut bro yeah, get a cellular telephone with a compass on it. <laughs> yeah, just do something, Thomas. Come on. You should have a compass on you at all times and know how to use it. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if you get lost in the woods? Mm-hmm. AKA yeah. the Vatican. Or get lost in the Vatican. Probably just as confusing as the woods and easily just as harmful to you if you ran into a stranger. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're disappearing into the necropolis and you're never going to be seen again. Cardinal or a big grizzly bear? Which would you rather face? Oh, boy. Well, if we're talking Cardinal off a shell, I'd, I'd love to face him. I would rather see uh, face a bear in the Vatican uh, than a <laughs> priest in the woods. <laughs> Amen. I think that's what this movie kind of boils down to. It would have been great if, like, when they were searching for clues, they, like, opened a door and there was just a grizzly bear in there. And they're like, oh, pointing. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> grizzly bear knows all oh yeah grizzly, very helpful grizzly bear smart bear while you were watching this movie did you kind of have the sense that they wanted to make a video game from this they, franchise oh yeah they def i mean they definitely made a da vinci code video game i can yeah. almost guarantee that did they make an angels and demons video game i i don't think so i don't think this was nearly as successful as the first one no, not nearly. I don't think this made $780 million at the box office. I bet this movie made less than The Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah, probably. All but, right. like, it has the budget like they want to make a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. And I'll say this. This is a better movie than The Da Vinci Code. This is a way better movie. I like this movie. The Da Vinci Code was fine, but I was like, oh, this is, like, this is a cool movie. I'm enjoying this. I really got into this movie at the beginning. It's a it's a very simple plot. There, uh, the Pope is dead. <laughs> yeah, the Pope is dead. And then also CERN, the uh, big hadron collider. <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple plot. The Pope is dead. Also, the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> uh -huh. But everybody knows what the LHC has been doing. Oh, They've been, yeah. you know, smashing particles and the. Uh, according to them, a priest in a small room has been uh, channeling antimatter in little vial. <laughs> is that what they were saying in Italian? Because I was like, why is there a priest at CERN? <laughs> I don't know why the priest is there, because the woman of the film is the one doing all the antimatter collecting. Yeah, the anti putting it in a little anti entropic field with, with magnets on top and bottom, because if it touches those, it'll connect with matter and blow everything up, but like... Isn't air matter? Isn't, like, gas matter? Isn't anything else that's trapped inside that thing matter? What are you talking about, movie? Also, this, like, is one of the biggest, or the biggest scientific experiments that humankind has ever, like, <laughs> gone under. and Miles and miles of tubes and technology. Like and the internet. All this. And then at the end, they jerker jury rig some tubes into a small room with a priest to get antimatter <laughs> seems like that would have been a very focused and specific part of this yeah. experiment like i love that they like they're they're about to send the particles through the large had large hadron collider and it's chaos in the control room people are just like oh my god oh make sure hey get this thing i make sure you're gonna, I'm gonna do this and it's like you're scientists you've done this a million times this isn't the first time you've done this like why is everyone panicking i guarantee a regular cern they're just like all right press the button yeah and that's it like that's all it is well to create false excitement for the movie yeah. for some reason they have 16 scientists 
like coming into this room and like grabbing things last minute and turning things on last minute just before you're turning something on that could blow the whole world up. No, you'd be there for hours meticulously going through yeah. little things. And then after that's all checked, then you press the button. You don't run into a room while it's all happening and do it at the last minute. Where, where's where's Greg? He's got to flip the switch. He's taking a shit. Oh, my God. Greg, terrible time taking a shit. We're trying to launch these particles through there. Somebody put a button in the uh, bathroom or at least a laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give him a switch he can flip while he's taking it. When he flushes the toilet, it sends the particles through or something. Yeah, those are the particles that come through the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and a sound like fireworks for some reason. Mm -hmm. And look like fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Like I, this so I didn't I don't know what these movies are about. Like I don't I kind of knew what the Da Vinci Code was about a little bit. This movie I had no idea going into it. And Inferno I know like I well nothing. So when they were like, oh, the Pope is dead, I'm like, okay, great, yeah, the Vatican, great, this is all on brand. And then when they cut to the large hadron collider, I'm like, wait, what is this movie gonna be about? <laughs> Like, how do these things connect? And then the answer is, not really. They don't really connect. I mean, they kind of do, but not really. Well, what I think Dan Brown did Danny and Brown, was please. very interested in, uh, interesting to the world was that he was trying to mix science with religion and show that they're not, you know, foes. They can be used together. But it, it's just kind of done a little clumsily and a little righteously oh, yeah. throughout the whole thing. Well, then also, okay, so here's something I just learned. The Large Hadron Collider first started up in 2008. So when he was writing this book that then became a smash hit movie, like, it had just, just started. So, of course, he was going to be like, they don't know what they're doing. They're crazy down there. And the huge thing when CERN and Large Hadron Collider was being built, I think CERN might be an actual different collider. Anyways, it doesn't no, matter. It's, no, it's that one. It's that one. Uh, the huge uh, talking point and the huge thing in the news was the God Particle. Yes. The Higgs boson. And so people that were probably religious that didn't know anything about science were like, oh my God, we're going to find God. Right. So Dan Brown had to tie that into his uh, blockbuster hit. And I love that like when the Large Hadron Collider, when they smash particles together, the reactions are like less than a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second. Like it's just like you can't even fathom how quickly it happens. And then in this movie, they're like, they're capturing antimatter in tubes and bringing it away. <laughs> You need to have the stasis field that's battery powered for some stupid reason, and like just oh okay, we we don't know what this is. All right, got it. It just launched. We don't know how it works. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it's a very generic. Fits into the plot perfectly. Mm -hmm. I guess. I guess. Uh, way to um kind of shoehorn all this information in. Oh yeah, the Illuminati was very hot at that time, and uh, you know like oh. the Blueprint Three had just dropped, and that's full of Illuminati symbology, and so Dan Brown was like. Look, like we got the Large Hadron Collider, we got the Illuminati, we got Ewan McGregor. Perhaps you've heard of him, hot off of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Maybe we can make something work out of this. Well, they definitely make it work because they take the antimatter to the Vatican and threaten uh, the lives of everyone in it, and it's on a timer so that after twenty-four hours or twenty hours. 
it's sure. uh, it's gonna explode and kill everybody yep. unless they follow the clues. Mm-hmm. And there's also four cardinals that are inconsequential, really. <laughs> the four cardinals that Tom Hanks cannot save. He's no, trying. He's trying his three best. of them die horribly, and then the one that has the nicest death, drowning, is just like, no, sorry. They always get there too late because the new Silas is super sexy and commercial. <laughs> Who's new Silas? Who's that? Well, that's the guy put, taking all the priests to the location, oh. and Silas was the albino. Right, he's the tool. Right, you read these. Yeah, you read Angels, or you read uh, the Da Vinci Code. You know the names of people. You, you're not just writing Paul Bettany in your notes. You're writing Silas. <laughs> well, I don't know what triggered Silas in my name, but or in my brain, but uh, it's stuck there right now. That's good, man. That's good. That's a good pull. I Paul Bettany to me. <laughs> Just some guy whipping himself to me. Yeah, showing off his buns. And all the uh, cardinals get put to a church, put to a church, mm-hmm. uh, that has all the uh, earth symbols uh, right. connected with them. Yeah, because it's... fire, water, wind. Yep, it's the golden path created by the Illuminati to, I don't know, do something, whatever. It literally doesn't matter. It's it, it's Who cares in the end? It's all... Just a pipe laid to have mm. Mr. Robert Langdon follow uh, the path set out by somebody trying to murder a bunch of people, and it's definitely the Illuminati and not an inside job. Uh, sorry, I just like to correct you, Professor Robert Langdon, Harvard professor, probably has tenure. Maybe put a little respect on his name. Well, he doesn't. Nobody calls him doctor, so True. I will not give him the respect that he deserves. <laughs> Fair enough. You got him. <laughs> like, do the work, Robert Langdon. Get your doctorate. Right? Get into the Vatican's uh, archives and get that book by Galileo so you can finish your book that no one cares about. I do love that he's like, I got to finish writing my book so that 12 people can read it. <laughs> so that's pretty he knows funny. his audience. That's he knows pretty, what he's doing. Yeah, that's pretty good, Robert Langdon. That's some good self-awareness. You know what else is good about Robert Langdon? Seeing him uh, swim around in a Speedo. Oh, yeah. They had to have him just buck naked. They wanted him to be naked, but mm-hmm. then, you know, his probably his agent or something demanded that he wear a swimsuit. Oh, well, they, I mean, like, they filmed a bunch of it with him naked, but then they realized they couldn't really, like, get good shots without his dinger being in the way. So, like, well, we got to keep this movie PG-13, so... I guess we gotta put us. We'll, we'll digitally add a speedo to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they wanted to originally uh, digitally add a fig leaf, uh, but the <laughs> motion was too hard. So you just put a speedo on him. Yeah, classic. They were like, "Look, it's more in line with Pope Benediction the Seventh, who chopped off all the statues' penises because he thought it would make people too horny to see granite dingers, and uh, it worked." It was probably tough on Tom Hanks because you probably have to like shellac your dinger and your balls in like green uh, um, CGI paint, right? And put the little like you know little white balls on them so that they have like they can find the points and yeah 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 little white balls. Little well, we're talking about Robert Langdon. <laughs> oh, I love Robert Langdon. He's so <laughs> beautiful. I can't wait for the third Robert Langdon adventure. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see where this all goes or goes back. I guess we'll see. 
when Robert Langdon is finally convinced uh, to take part in the adventure, uh, he shows up at the Vatican, and then we see this lady, and I'm like, ooh-wee, this is definitely going to be the featured lady of the piece. Hachimachi. Hachimachi. And I was like, it's weird that they just kind of shoehorned her in in the scene and like didn't give her any backstory. <laughs> and then I realized that she was the scientist at the uh, <laughs> LHC, yeah. and I was like, what does that say about me that I see a woman in like a scientist's uh, lab coat and I don't think she's going to be a huge plot point for this movie. But as soon as she's in real clothes, I, like, clocked her immediately. Of course. Well, because in your head, you took her 70% as seriously as you'd take a, a male uh, scientist. Exactly. A.K.A. a scientist. We don't need yeah. to put male in front of that. Just a scientist. <laughs> like, she was a nerd scientist that only had a bit part while she had that lab coat on. Mm -hmm. But put a blouse on her, maybe a nice form-fitting... Uh, oh, um, dress. Oh, hey. Then I know that she's the lead woman. Someone needs to chop off my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like her notes for this movie compared to the other movie, she wasn't in the movie, but just like the female lead right. was like, the child let's of make Jesus. her foreign, but a little less foreign. <laughs> <laughs> Rain it in a bit. She's from Italy, but she's Italian where it counts, but not in the accent. Okay, no. she's She lived abroad and she lost her Italian accent. That must be what the case is, because it's it's very Americanized for an accent. Yeah. It's very straightforward. It's very much like, hey, I'm from Italy. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> hey, I'm a sexy Italian. <laughs> I so there's so when, when Tom Hanks is being convinced to go to the Vatican, the the guy makes this like maybe it's just me, but this definitely sounded like a dick joke to me. When the guy who's trying to convince him to, to go to the Vatican goes, Look, you've Spent your life studying symbols like the one in your hand. How long are we going to pretend that you're not going to come? Bam, mic drop. Bam, and I'm like, that's a dick joke for sure. <laughs> Definitely a dick joke. Could you say it one more time? Uh, you've spent your life studying symbols like the one in your hand, a.k.a. your penis. How long are we going to pretend that you're not going to come? Because <laughs> he's edging or something. I don't know. Beautiful, beautiful uh, story work, and I'm glad your ear caught that because I did not. Well, I'm a creep, I guess. <laughs> That's why we're here. Oh yeah, be creepy. Hey, creep it out. I, you mentioned his hair in the previous one was uh, wild, and mm -hmm. it's much more reined in this movie. Mm -hmm. But I also look at his hair a bunch. And it still looks like a wig. It 100% is a wig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if I found out that 80% of celebrities were wearing wigs in 80% in of movies, I'd go, yeah, that, okay, I, that tracks. I get that. Well, you want to do what you, with your hair what you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also have to do a bunch of reshoots. So it makes sense just to start with a wig from the beginning. Oh, yeah, of course. Just keep it simple. Keep it consistent. Mm -hmm. That's what you want with a movie, consistency. Mm -hmm. You know what else you want in a movie? Uh, you the, and McGregor. Well, you and McGregor and the patriarch of the Skarsgård family, mm, Stellan? Bill? I don't know which one he is. I think it's Bill. But isn't that... I don't know. He is a Skarsgård. We all know that. Daddy Skarsgård. Uh, it's Stellan. It's Stellan. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. Love him in this. Great red herring. Great red herring. Uh, I mean, you're kind of primed for it because in the Da Vinci Code, 
every single character was a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although, I've seen too many movies because Ewan McGregor is the first person we see in this movie, and I went, oh, there's your villain. Yep. 100% that guy's the villain. Yep, there he is. I have the I had the exact same thought yesterday and today. When I was thinking about Ewan McGregor, it was like, it's almost as soon as you see him mm-hmm. that you know. But, like, as soon as he talks, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely in on it. He's, <laughs> oh, he's Irish. He's doing it dirty. Oh, he's Irish. He's the villain for sure, yeah. Yeah, he, he killed the freaking Pope. <laughs> yeah, he killed the freaking Pope, even though he was his best friend, even though he that was his dad. <laughs> like, because he... We find out that that pope adopted Ewan when he was like a little baby boy, which like priests and please don't go around adopting children for the love of God. And uh, then he murdered his papa. Well, it forced him to become a pilot and then probably killed his papa. Yeah, definitely. Thankfully, he he learned how to fly a helicopter so he could so they could shoehorn him in flying a helicopter. Uh, Batman, uh, whatever the Dark Knight Rises style. Wait, when did the Dark Knight Rises come out? 2011. Oh, I don't it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Hang on. The Dark Knight Rises release date. When did this come out? Two- prob- oh, you're close. 2012. Oh, okay. Because it, it pretty much has like the ending of that movie in this movie. Yeah. Like he takes the bomb, he flies off in the helicopter, and you're like, oh, it's just The Dark Knight Rises. Maybe Christopher Nolan was a big fan of Angels and Demons. Maybe. I I knew Ewan McGregor was the uh, bad guy in this movie, yeah. but I I did think he was gonna go up into that helicopter and make himself a mar- martyr and just blow himself up. I had no idea he was gonna jump out. Me neither. At that point, I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he's not the villain of this movie. And then as soon as I saw him in the parachute, I was like, oh, 100% the villain. Yep, I'm back on board. He's the villain. <laughs> he survived. Yep. Okay, he's the villain. Great. Excellent. Although when he shoots Dellen, that's also pretty obvious. Well, we didn't know like, that, though. We d- He didn't shoot him. He got his friends to shoot him. Well, he got his friends or the people barging into the room rudely, I might ask. Uh, yes, please. Respect his privacy. <laughs> what did you think about all the branding and Illuminati in this movie? Uh, I loved it. I, I, was, I, was in, I was into all that. I was enjoying it. I'm like, ooh, it's like, ooh, they're branding these, these cardinals with words. All right, we'll need. <laughs> and I didn't know what the words were, but they must have just been fire, air, wind, and... That's literally what they were. Yeah, the English yeah. version of the words. English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> air, water, fire, earth. Dumb people from the 16th century. They didn't know what was going on. Like, Ewan McGregor gets branded with a pair of upside-down crossed keys, and then, like, one second later, he's wearing his full, like, gear and just running through the catacombs, and you're like, man, you would be in so much pain if that happened. Like, you'd be crippled with pain. It'd be horrible to get a... a br- like, and I should say, the brand is, like, a foot and a half across by a foot and a half tall, right on his friggin' chest. Like, oh, God, that would hurt. Do you think this is why Jackass did their branding skit? Because they saw this movie and were like, <laughs> oh, branding's painful, but it ain't no thing. Yeah, We'll de- just do it on uh, our TV show. Ewan did it. It's fine. This old man did it. And he became the Pope. It's fine. <laughs> is it a freaking Pope? Is it a freaking Bob? I can't stop uh, saying that in my mind when I see anything regarding the Pope. <laughs> He's in a freaking Bob. He's in a freaking Pope. I think it's Family Guy or something. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. 
so they gotta find these friggin I don't know they gotta Turds. solve mysteries and riddles but they got a time limit because the people who kidnapped the Cardinals have said for, at, on every every hour on the hour they're gonna kill one of the Cardinals and then on the last hour they're gonna blow up the Vatican with the antimatter stupid and, <laughs> it's great it's a great when it's you great. flesh it out like that it, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. but you also are like, okay, he's not going to make the first one or he's going to get there late, but every other one he's going to nail and they're going to get the codes. But, like, they just keep dying and they keep barely getting to these places, which is very funny to me. Yeah. So the Earth Pope or the Earth Cardinal, he's... <laughs> <laughs> the Earth Pope! Hey, the freaking Earth Pope! So the Earth Pope is like, they find him, he's buried up to his waist, and rats are eating his face, and it's like, Jesus, that's intense. Long dead. Oh, yeah. The Wind Pope, they just like, <laughs> they just slit his throat and leave him in the street or something? Like, what happened that guy? Oh, no, he gets like, he gets his lungs punctured. That's what it is. Yeah. And that's then, what air is. And then we get a great scene where Tom Hanks and the woman, whatever her name is, are like trying to save this guy and she gives him mouth to mouth and because of the holes in his lungs she, when she breathes in just blood splatters in Tom Hanks's face and he's like oh! are you kidding me what if he had AIDS <laughs> uh, Robert Langdon definitely should have been like a creep scared boy <laughs> that is always concerned about AIDS it would be great if at the end of the movie he was like, what do you mean I have AIDS? And like, look, <laughs> Air Pope, he he had, we didn't say anything about it, but he had HIV. I hope you didn't get any in your eyes or your mucous membrane. He's like, it was all in my mucous membrane. <laughs> Robert Langdon eventually getting AIDS at the end of this movie would have been great. Oh, it would have been great. Then the next movie, he's all he's back to his Philadelphia ways. He's all skinny and gaunt and dying of AIDS. Or no, <laughs> is he the one who has AIDS in Philadelphia? Philadelphia? Who's the one who has who got AIDS in that? It's Tom. Yeah, it's Tom. Right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that movie since high school. So what do I know about Philadelphia? Um, we'll do it. So we'll have AIDS month, and <laughs> we'll. The final will be Philadelphia. I love it. We'll watch. Uh, we'll watch Philadelphia. We'll watch the Dallas Buyers Club. Um... Well, out of the famous twelve months in the year, what do you think uh, fits a AIDS month? Uh... Just top of the head. Oh boy. Um. Uh. Uh. uh June. June. Yeah, that's close. Well, I was thinking April or May, but. I, okay, I think what I just committed a hate crime, and I it was completely unintentional because I think June is Pride Month, and I I feel I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I don't think that's correct. I think December. Yeah, whatever. No, December. Yeah, December. We we you should bleep it. You should time code this and bleep when you said June. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut out the part where I say I committed a hate crime, and yeah. then <laughs> sprinkle that throughout the episode. Oh, the bots are gonna love that you said I committed a hate crime. And now I've said it. So. Oh, my God. Listeners, if you're listening, we've both committed hate crimes. <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Something in my brain said June, but... Yeah. I take it all back. I take it all back if I only could. But we're still going to do AIDS Month. This of course. This isn't going to deter us. And it's going to be June. Fuck you. Who cares? Fuck you. <laughs> no, we can't do June. <laughs> no, too bad. <laughs> It has to be any other month. No, too bad. It's June now. It's June. 
Let's we'll see. see. Pride Month is oh, it is June. Oh my God! All yeah, right, we well, can't do it. We can't do it. But we're doing it anyway. Fuck you! It's AIDS Month now. Maybe December. <laughs> we're gonna do Philadelphia. We're gonna do Dallas Buyers Club. We're gonna do Rent and I don't know Bohemian Rhapsody or something or Straight Outta Compton. Uh, whatever. One of those movies. One of the AIDS ones. Uh, <laughs> that'd be funny if we did it in December and then the episode that comes out like a day or two after Christmas, it's Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Chiz. Here's Philadelphia. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's a topic for another day. Well, yeah. And then in June, of course, we'll do Christmas movies Yeah, to make up for, to be like, look, now it's not a hate crime. Now it's fine. We did, yeah. we swapped them. We swapped the months. Make up for it. Make up for it. Hardly knew him. <laughs> Since we've already talked about it, what did you think of the anti-matter explosion? <laughs> Dope, actually. Kind of the best part of the movie, if I'm being honest. I love the antimatter explosion. I I was into this movie at the beginning and just kind of enjoying what was going to happen and the fact that it's a little tighter. And like you said earlier, it is just a better movie overall. Um, but then I was, I was like, this thing is two, over two hours and I started hating yeah. it again. Yeah. And then the antimatter explosion happened and that freaking ruled. Like if you're watching any part of this movie or are thinking about it, just skip to the antimatter, uh, scenes cause they're great. Yeah. Save yourself two hours and just skip to like the hour 50 minute mark and you'll see that and you'll see you and McGregor being unconscious, floating around in a parachute, slamming into buildings. So funny. (laughs) But it's hilarious and also breathtakingly beautiful. Like, so much money, time, and effort went into these shots, and it kind of pays off. Yeah. The only thing that would have made it better is if they'd have, for the explosion sound, if they would have used... The, the bomb sound from uh, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, the Jango Fett's bomb that he lets out of his ship that's like, Bwah! like that, whatever that sound is. I'll put it in. I'll edit it into the episode. You'll hear yeah, what it is. Yeah, you'll yeah. get it. You'll get it. So, but that's... Oh! Get my nut. It's like the first time you hear Skrillex and you hear that, the vibratory... I forget what they call that. Mm, music? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nailed it. <laughs> name, Nailed it. Name one Skrillex song. I bet you can't. I can't, nope. but I, I remember it being a huge phase in music. I remember it being a thing that we had to put up with for a little while. Yep, certainly. I liked it. The screaming, the scream, the robot screaming music? Mm, yeah. Pass. Loved it. If you, hey, about it. if you love it, more power to you. But to me, it sounded like robots screaming, and I don't like that. I don't like torture. I love it. <laughs> Let angels guide thee on thy lofty quest. Oh, it's an error. It's an angel pointing. That's what it is. <laughs> the clues are so much worse. They're worse in this movie. Yeah, but this movie is all about the clues, and that's like there's they had to come up with so many of them for this one yeah. because it's just Tom Hanks being like, I need to solve a clue, and then he solves it, and then they get there too late, and the and the cardinal dies, and he goes, I need to solve the next clue, and then they get there too late, and the cardinal dies, and he's like, I gotta solve the next clue. Mm-hmm. He does it. it. It's beautiful. It he, keeps you entertained. He solves all the clues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> solves all the clues. Yeah, 
with the help from his friends in the past. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, with the help of Galileo and Bernini and uh, other Michelangelo and other people, of course. I feel like if this movie was uh, made today, there would be like a small ending credit scene where you see him and he stole something extra from the catacombs <laughs> of, and is like, oh, on to the next movie. I got this thing oh, that I've been searching for my entire life. I have the, uh, I'm heading after the Holy Grail. And they went, no, you found that in the last movie. No, damn no, it. It's, it's over for you, Robert Langdon. You're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when they're like, when him and the woman are looking at the book and she just like rips the page out and is like, look, we got to go. We don't have time to sit here and look at this thing. Rip the page out. You kind of know where we're going. We'll figure it out in the car. And he's like, I, yeah. boss, we got to get out of here. They're, I feel like they're trying to force the audience to think that she's Illuminati because ripping that page out is so dumb. <laughs> they read the secret code while they're driving in like 10 seconds. Yeah. You couldn't have stayed there for like five seconds and she taken just, a picture? She just did. Yeah, take a picture. Yeah, it'll last longer. Like she just didn't <laughs> want to write it down. He was like, write this down for me. She's like, nah, we'll just, just take it with. And like, why did you rip? Just take the book. Just take the whole book. Why'd you rip the page out? You're in the secret tombs of the Vatican. They must have security cameras all over the place. Nah, there's just a guy looking at them from outside the room being like, Hey! Hey, don't don't do that! Hey! (laughs) Cool dude, though. You really uh, start to enjoy his presence on the screen throughout the movie. Because he smokes darts. (laughs) Yeah, and he has bad lungs. (laughs) He's got the worst lungs. Worse than Robert Langdon. But still, Robert Langdon, Langdon forces him to use the cart to try to break the glass yeah. instead of the guy with the good lungs yeah. and the perfect swimmer. Well, he's too busy pushing over. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't. That's cons- why they have him as swimming, so they can show that he has good lungs. <laughs> Damn, dude, I never considered that, but you're absolutely right. That is 100% why they show him swimming at the start of the movie, to show how good his lungs are. Ah, that's hilarious. I I love when Tom Hanks, where they're trying to escape that room where there's no oxygen for some stupid reason, and he like knocks over the bookshelf into the window and it doesn't break. So he grabs the guy's gun and is like super cautious and like shoots the window and it doesn't break, but it cracks. And he shoots it again and it cracks. He shoots it again and it cracks. And he's like, ah, fuck it, and just like unloads the clip into the window. It's like bang, 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 bang. It's great. Well, I. Thought he was being smart about where the bullets like deflected, right? But then he just unloads point blank, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I guess that's not what he was concerned about. And they definitely only had him do that so that in the trailer they could show him firing a gun, and people be like, oh, damn, it's an action movie. Yeah, and like I feel like this is a perfect video game setup where you're like locked in this tomb, and then you have to escape somehow. You're like, oh, yeah, the movie pushed over the lid. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this isn't a, a controversial statement. I love Tom Hanks. He's great. My wife and I rewatched Cloud Atlas recently, and, like, it's a tour de force from Tom Hanks. He's so good in that movie. Um, that's all. Yeah, it might be the most uncontroversial statement in the world is that <laughs> enjoying Tom Hanks. Right? He's he exudes charisma and he's very fun and has made very smart movie choices throughout his whole career. Mhm. Mhm. The Polar Express, The Burbs. 
Yeah, and they didn't even have to be in the Polar Express, and everybody just talks about the Uncanny Valley. They don't talk about his performance ever. And how good so he is. he's not really even attached to that anymore. He grabs that little girl by her pigtails and goes, Blows the, blow the whistle. <laughs> Ring the bell. Do you believe in God or not? <laughs> and I do. Ah, well, uh, faith is a gift, and I haven't received it yet. They are trying to force uh, Robert Langdon into telling everybody what his religious uh, oh, yeah. beliefs are throughout this movie, and nobody cares, and he just skirts past it. And like, why wouldn't he just be like when when you and McGregor is trying to like give him access, like at, like I don't know, testing him to see if he can have access to the the Vatican's vaults? He's like, do you believe in God? Why wouldn't Tom Hanks just go, yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Whatever, let me in. I don't care. Probably because if somebody goes, yeah, sure, they get two in the head, and then <laughs> I guess that's the difference between Robert Robert Langdon and I. Uh, he's a man of virtue and honesty, and I would lie to the Pope's face and go, yeah, I believe in God. Give me the thing I want. I don't. I literally don't care. My word is trash. I'll walk out of here and spit on a church. I don't. But it doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter. Did, were you surprised that this series of movies got made at all? I mean, money talks and bullshit walks, of course. <laughs> of course. But, like, the... there's shots at the church throughout this whole series. Like, when they're showing the cardinals getting out of their vehicles and smoking cigars uh, and sunglasses. I said the stuff. bomb was my favorite part of the movie. That's my favorite shot of the movie. Yeah. All these cardinals with big blue blocker sunglasses just ripping darts and walking around. I'm like, those are cool guys. Maybe I should go Big back to church. shot at the church and its whole structure and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, super funny. <laughs> like, literally where they're, like, signing in to go to the conclave to lock themselves in a room for nine days with their best buddies and jerk each other off and figure out who the next pope is going to be. Literally where they're signing in, there's an ashtray for them to, like, put their darts out in. Oh, you can't bring your darts into the Vatican. You got to put them out outside. <laughs> Perfect. Well, at least they're thinking... I, I wish I could be a part of an enclave uh, yeah. like them and have the opportunity to put my darts out before I go into a big room and vote on something like them. Well, first of all, they're a conclave, not an enclave, so you could be a part of an enclave if you want, but that wouldn't make you closer to God. <laughs> I, I cheered when everybody booed the black smoke. I thought that was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that it's the first vote. And they're like, oh, black smoke. No, we haven't figured out the Pope yet. And people are like, God damn it. It's like the Pope's been dead for like, well, I guess he's been dead for two weeks at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why yeah, did it take them so long? Why did it take them so long? They do also take a couple of shots at crowd mechanics because <laughs> at the end of the movie, when they, they're running out of time, this antimatter bomb is probably going to go off. They finally uh, release a statement telling everybody to get the hell out of the Vatican <laughs> yeah. uh, and that they're probably going to die and there's a bomb threat and they say that more people show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're right. People are stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's actually true to life. More yeah. people would show up and put themselves at arm. A lot of kids around, too. Oh, yeah. The Simpsons said it best. Everyone is stupid except me. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's how Robert Langdon feels all the time. 
Well, he he doesn't have that uh, memory thing where he can memorize everything, but he's close. Oh, yeah. And he's not afraid of tight spaces anymore. In fact, he doesn't give a shit about that anymore. It's nothing. He's in like a tiny vault with no air, and he's like, it's fine. I'm cool with this. I like this, actually. He's way more concerned with AIDS than tight spaces in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's asking everyone, yo, you got AIDS? Like, are you a bug chaser? Why are you so concerned with everyone's AIDS status? And they have a perfect opportunity to bring all that stuff up when he, like, hides at the very end when he crawls into the crawl space with all the skulls and stuff. And the necropolis, yeah. Yeah, and he he gets saved. Could have have had a flashback moment. Definitely would have been done in the first movie, but uh, this movie, they've learned their lesson. Yeah, it almost makes you go, like, why even introduce that as a thing in the first movie? I guess because the woman who is Jesus' child or whatever, like does a thing where she touches his head and makes him think about stuff and then now he's not scared of the dark or whatever anymore. But just get rid of that. This is such a useless character feature for him. It's it's the problem with converting a book into a movie. There's all these little character details that are easily uh, consumed and fleshed out in your own brain when you're reading something but are impossible to fit all into a movie. And uh, with this, I guess, they didn't give a crap or no. didn't give a darn I about mean, uh, the book. Much like Lord of the Rings and Dune, uh, people said that The Da Vinci Code was an unfilmable book. They were just like, how can you translate this into a movie? And they, by God, Ron Howard did it. And then they didn't say that about Angels and Demons, but by God, he did it again. Yeah, nobody cared by the time Angels and Demons came <laughs> along, except for all the, like, you know, specific whack jobs of course yeah who love robert langdon love him wish they could meet him love him oh yeah (laughs) meet him and then love him yeah well (laughs) you gotta take one step at a time these relationships are tough i do enjoy that he doesn't get together with that italian woman at the end that they don't try to shoehorn in a romantic plot or anything like that i appreciate the restraint of these movies to just make him a sexless freak i love it yeah, like he probably bangs her at some point, but like yeah, of course he they does. definitely don't have a house with kids or anything. <laughs> yeah, they definitely go meet up in Geneva and bang it out in a hotel room or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right in Geneva, the safest place to bang. Uh, <laughs> rules don't apply. Whatever uh, happens in Geneva stays in Geneva. It's the international waters of land. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, uh, you know, what else? I mean, this movie is just Watchmen. That's all it is. The end, like, the end of the movie is just Watchmen, where it's like, I set up this thing to make everyone think this thing, and then it's going to unite everybody through destruction. It's like, oh, okay, it's just Watchmen. Got it. Cool. Yeah, Ewan McGregor is sort of the church going down a dark path, not related to all the crimes and the terrible no, things No, the that molestations. No, no, none of that. But more so its relationship to uh, science. <laughs> Yeah, that's his concern. <laughs> yeah, that's his concern. So he killed a bunch of people and set up this elaborate thing and then, like, dies. Yeah. Science is science is too young to understand some of these mysteries. How old does science need to be? Isn't it literally thousands of years? Like, what are you talking about? It's too young to understand this. You think, <laughs> you think the Earth is 5,000 years old, bozo? What are you talking about? Nah, he's a pilot. He doesn't know anything. Well, exactly, yeah. Thank you for your service, though. These are my final uh, thoughts of this whole movie. Mm. Uh, Is old fart man was good? (laughs) Fuck off.
<laughs> fart man, fart man, fart man. <laughs> old fart man's supposed to be bad. Yeah, but old fart man's good. Yeah. Well, whatever. Hey, good enough. Hey, here's that book by Galileo. Please leave it in your will to us, to the Vatican. Tom's going, I'm going to burn this once I'm done with it. Yeah, throw it in some water. I'm going to wipe my ass with it. How does that sound, bud? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love, that, say? I love that he's like, look, you know, when you write about the church, just all I ask is please be kind when you write about it. And Tom's like, I'll try. <laughs> but like, y'all, and he's like, look, just... I know we did some things and made some made some silly mistakes in the past. It's like, I guess you could call the Crusades a silly mistake or all the molestation of children a silly mistake. Call witch it whatever burning. you want. The witch burning. Call that a silly mistake. Fine. <laughs> but... Yeah, the things I've learned about uh, the church from these movies is that the church has made an awful lot of silly mistakes <laughs> that have caused thousands, <laughs> if not millions, millions of people their lives. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got the... They're the organization with the most blood on their hands. But just please be kind when you speak of them, please. Because yeah. they're, all they're doing is just feeding the poor and housing the unhoused. Yeah, that's all they're doing. And that's all they're molesting doing. the young, of course. That's all they're doing. And making billions of dollars, trillions probably, every year, untaxed. Yeah, untaxed, of course, as it should be. That's their money. They earned it by us giving it to them for some, to buy our way into heaven, stupid. What are you thinking? Which is what made the cigar smoking and the sunglass wearing scene so weird to me because they're clearly taking a shot at the church, but every other time that they could take a shot at the church for doing these aggressive, terrible cr crimes, they like they kind of sugarcoat it. You know, you know, just God's word is perfect, but it's men who com who follow the word, and all men are infallible or are fallible or uh, capable of making mistakes. Even this old dumb fart, he says. <laughs> I I think what we can take away from these movies, church-wise, is that they're doing what they can, and <laughs> they're cool. They're doing their best, and that's yeah. all. Is can we ask any more of anyone? No, not even a best. bit. Not even a bit, and nor should we. It's not our place. <laughs> it truly is not. I mean, I can't think of a more pure boys movie than this movie because it literally takes place in the Vatican. The last shot is like the Vatican and the new pope walking out. And I'm like, damn, this movie is religious as frick. Yeah, the nude pope. I <laughs> I love that the pope, his first thing is always to outstretch his hand yeah. and then shake him meaningfully. <laughs> <laughs> to Ray, well, he wants to raise the roof. Yeah. <laughs> It's a weird uh, thing to do to a big crowd, but also necessary because you can't just stand there. Yeah, you can't just stand there and like dab or something. When will when will the pope hey! dab? Yeah, we need a dabbing pope. I think we're craving for it. Mm -hmm. uh, you gotta commit. You gotta you know maybe he'll yeet his big hat off and uh, you know say say you know, like no cap, God is real or whatever. Right? It's hey, it's landing the church. It's lit to be Christian. It's. Uh... <laughs> It's Liddy. It's Liddy for shizzy, yeah. and I think we can always eat a little bit more. Oh, yeah. No cap for real, for real. It's Liddy to be Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Steve, very important question now that we've come to the end of Angles and Lemons. Can Christians eat pork? 
I've been thinking about this over the past day, and I really wanted to focus on this question throughout this movie because I feel like I've been letting the question down. Oh. And I, I wanted to search this movie, much like Ray, Robert Langdon does for his clues, uh, for <laughs> ah. shots of pork. and Because I want to know if Christians can eat pork. And oh. I feel like on that scale, this movie kind of let me down. Uh, but I also let myself down for not looking for it. So can Christians eat pork? Um, no. Okay, so far it's no. Uh, so far it's no. They can't eat pork. Well, we don't know if they can eat pork, but we know they can smoke darts. Yeah. Was there pork in the darts? Y you don't know. Maybe that's a church thing. Maybe, yeah. They got incense. They got little spice that they put, melange on the paper to burn the smoke the right color. Pretty neat. Right? That could have been pork. Could they have been could pork. have used uh, pork to create the uh, color of the smoke. Yeah, but this segment isn't called Can Christians Smoke Pork? It's Can Christians Eat Pork? Also, if you're telling me that Christians can smoke pork, uh, then tell me. Don't make it an inside uh, low-budget thing. Exactly. Tell me, don't show me. <laughs> exactly. Do you think <laughs> Christians can eat pork based on this movie? Inconclusive, but I'm leaning towards no based on this movie because there's no mention of pork anywhere. There's no statue of a pig pointing in a direction for the next clue or anything like that. Yeah, no naked pigs with their dongs out pointing at <laughs> treasure. So yeah. how could you even tell? Like, it really is. This movie is all like, oh, my God, the, these cryptic clues. But it's just statues pointing and literally them holding arrows pointing in directions. Has nobody put that together yet. I, I just... Christianity is obviously the most beautiful thing in the world. But... Uh, the more and more I watch these movies and people give me reasons for their uh, religious beliefs, God, of course, exists, but uh, these religions, I don't know, man. <laughs> hey, well, on that <laughs> note, I love you. I love you. We love, we love you, you, please. please. <laughs> I'm Jism. I'm Jism. Jism. I'm just chism. I'm just chism. I'm just chism. I'm not boning. I'm just chism. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!